2: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
3: Good Morning Football! Hey! Welcome to Good Morning Football, live in New York City. Today is the beginning of May. It's a Monday. I'm Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Jason McCordy, and Mike Garofolo in Peter Schrager's chair, because Peter is limping his NFL draft corpse back to New York from what he just <laughs> produced all week long, which was incredible content, really, by the network as a whole. Good job, everybody. A lot of awesome moments from the 2023 NFL Draft. Everybody feels like a winner today, and that's great. Congratulations, you are. Uh, but now we have to pick who actually won the draft, or at least in our Opinions. Jay, you gotta
4: go first. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Houston Texans on this one. Uh they were a team going into the draft all offseason. All we talked about was how the Houston Texans screwed up having the number one pick. And draft night early on Thursday night, they changed that narrative so much so that you just look at Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan. you're like, they gotta just be sitting back, kicking their feet up. Like, look at what we just did. Not only did they go CJ Stroud with the second overall pick. They traded up to get Will Anderson at the third pick, which was huge for them as a franchise. You get an offensive cornerstone and a defensive cornerstone. The Texans went into the draft with 12 picks. They, used, they got nine players in that draft. Only two of those slots did they actually draft at the original pick that they had. They were wheeling and dealing, moving up, moving back to get more players, more talent to surround a young core. Not only did they get those two guys in the first round, they also brought in a guy, Tank Dell, out of Houston, an explosive player, a receiver, Hmm. another weapon for C.J. Stroud to have. As I'm looking at the draft Thursday night, you're just waiting for the Houston Texans. You're waiting to see what they're going to do at the number two spot with so much chatter going on with C.J. Stroud. He's not going to go second overall. And they're like, nope. We like him. We want to get our quarterback right here, but we also want one of these really good defensive players in the draft. So as I walk away, the weekend's over. You look back at the Houston Texans, and they have changed the narrative for the franchise, obviously bringing in D'Amico Ryans, but now adding two of the top players in the draft at the second and third overall spot. It's only, I think, the third time since I don't know how long that a team has had two picks in the top three. Three, three.
2: I was ready for them to trade up and get the four pick, too. Why
5: not? I wanted it. I was rooting for (laughs) them.
2: I give them all the credit for keeping
6: it. Tight too, because uh, D'Amico Ryan said after the draft that he and Nick Casario, there was nothing to leak because the only the two of us mm. talked and, and told nobody. That's really hard That's dude, to keep that tight the way that they did. Uh, give me the team that, that they traded with, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Now. Yeah, a lot of times you'll hear after the draft, and we did, about the Lions, that they would have taken Jameer Gibbs if they stayed at six, right? And the the Cardinals, yeah, they would have taken Paris Johnson if they stayed at I believe that, and I know that, because we heard that leading up to the draft, that, that Paris was their guy. So from a, a draft pick itself standpoint, I thought this was a phenomenal pick. But in the meantime picking up the draft capital that they did now one of only two teams right now that has multiple first round picks going forward next year you expect the Packers are going to join them as the third and and we talk about this draft next year it's talked about as a quarterback draft they may not need a quarterback but even if you have two first round picks plus you got a high pick if you don't need a quarterback now you can get even more in that (laughs) draft they've got six picks in the first three rounds already next year but the other part of this that I think is important for the Arizona Cardinals is right now they're trying to generate these good vibes with Kyler Murray. They're going to the statue unveiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah, talking yeah. about uh, how they're going to have this explosive offense going mm-hmm. forward. They're trying to generate these good feelings with Kyler. Well, he loved Paris Johnson. He yeah. saw Paris on his visit and said, "Paris, can you play right tackle?" Can you? Play? And Paris like, "Yeah, I could play anywhere." I'm telling these guys, "We got to take you. We got to take you." So not that they selected him because of yeah. Kyler Murray, but it helps that you got the guy that he wanted. So
2: I, I just see a lot of good things for the Arizona Cardinals coming out of this draft. That that, uh, statue trip was critical, I think. I loved it. And I've been really critical of Kyler for a lot of time. I love that they did that. I'm not even kidding. Like, we we got you right before the draft. Timing couldn't have been better. I have several people who won the draft, and I'm calling it the white knuckle club. Mm. This is the group that was watching, being like, every pick when my team's in the Cog, bring it up. These three guys, I think, won. Because Mm. look across the board. They could have had the rug ripped out. They could have said... Listen, there's 14 quarterbacks taken in this draft. There's a whole bunch of first-rounders. It could have been very easy for the Vikings to say, Kirk, we love you, you're really expensive, we're getting the next guy. Gino, cool story, we're getting the next guy. Mac, we don't love you, not a cool story, we're getting the next, none of it happened. Not only did they not get the heir apparent taken out from under him, Kirk Cousins got a first-round receiver added to him. Geno Smith got a first-round receiver. They got presence, and you got to be watching this thing. Are they really going to do this? No. Jared Goff got one drafted out of front, underneath him. Yep. They got in a Hooker. Jared Goff knows that at some point, likely, he's not going to be playing for the Lions. Derek Carr got a quarterback added. Jimmy G did. Jordan Love did. Now these are later guys, and the Kirk Cousins had one later too. But I just look. Even the Eagles drafted a quarterback, and he wasn't from Georgia. So like everybody was getting <laughs> quarterbacks eventually. Those three guys get to skate. The Patriots did not draft one. The Seahawks did not draft one, and they added receivers. Watching the draft for those guys has to be at incredibly high stakes, and they could be laid back, whatever, but if you were Geno and they took Will Levis... Or if you were Geno and they took Anthony Richards, you're like, I guess I'm moving. Yeah. They're not. I think those three guys won. Those are actual guys who have made plays in this league with due respect to all the draft guys we're worshiping. A lot of them aren't going to work out, guys. Mm-hmm. Those three guys already did, and they did not get their replacement draft. I think they're winners.
3: I like that you went players and not just one no. specific team because there was a vibe amongst those quarterbacks in particular, yeah. and that was, a good, that was a good couple of faces to look at there. I'm going with the how dare you club for this one okay. and how dare the rest of the league, as Daniel Jeremiah said on draft night, the opening night, how dare you let the Philadelphia Eagles run away with who they did in the first round specifically it's one thing to jump up and get Jalen Carter we knew the narrative around Jalen Carter and how he had a backstop he had stopped interviewing with mm-hmm. teams after the number 10 pick you know that that was going to be the number he actually ended up going nine to the Eagles okay that's fine he joins his Georgia Bulldog buddies and Jordan Davis and uh, Nicobe Dean and that's great Later in the round, Daniel Jeremiah and Rich Eisen and, and Charles Davis, they're great. They're crushing it. To the point where though, now DJ has at a loss for words when the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock again in the second round the second pick of the first round.
0: Wow. Just I'm like literally dumbfounded. That they're gonna end up with if they end up with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, if they come away with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, they will have had the best first round of anybody in this draft.
3: I was laughing so hard watching this moment because it was like uh, it's like when you're so struck by this thing that just happened in life you have to say it repeatedly. I I, I just I just had a baby. Uh, I I just got engaged. I, the Eagles are about to get Nolan Smith after they got Jalen Carter. This is one of the most ridiculous polls in the first round defensively for a team that sure they scored 35 points in the Super Bowl this year. They also gave up 38. They said not again. We're making our defense better. Then the fourth round, they got Keely Ringo, a great guy in the secondary to add to your defense. What are we doing? The Eagles defense... They were good. They got that much better. You My know the goodness. people who go on
2: Facebook and they post like with their house keys and they're like, so we did a thing. Yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah. Th- they did a thing. They did a the thing. Guys, Howie Russell should have been like, so we did a thing. Mm-hmm. And then everybody comments. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. It's been 15 years since a team that played in the Super Bowl had a top 10 pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened. Last time it happened, it was the Patriots, and they got Gerard Mayo. And wow. so these guys get two of these just like absolute monsters. And the DeAndre Swift trade. And yeah. yes. it, was just, it was like I, I, there's that meme about Jesse Pink. In Breaking Bad, where he goes, he can't keep getting away with
3: this, and that's how he <laughs>
2: roseman. He did. He got away with it, Mike. There's so of no course,
3: Todd Munkin is the new offensive coordinator in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. He was the OC, same job for the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm sure he's so happy that he's not in the same division as Philadelphia. He's like, I just got done having to practice yeah. against these guys every day. Somebody else deal with them until he until a later date because Todd Munkin probably freaked out. We've had an awesome couple of days post-2023 NFL Draft. Now we have had time to digest the names and the places and the fits, and now we're going to hand out mm-hmm. our draft superlatives. It's like looking in the yearbook, Kyle said, and take yes. the picture of the player and the coach. It's going to be really cute. Here's how it's going to work. Uh, draft superlative coming your way in the category, and then you tell me the pick and the drafted player and who best fits that. Okay. Garofalo, you've got to go first. Uh, with the draft order, he's like, I do? Here we go. With the draft over, uh, we're already eagerly looking ahead to the start of the 2023 season, which is exactly 129 9 days away mm. 129 buck 29 the player that you today would give most likely to succeed is...
6: I'm gonna go deep into the first round. Miles Murphy from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and and coming out of Clemson. I just, I love... uh, As soon as the pick was announced, sometimes you get these like, oh, that makes complete and perfect sense, Mm. and this guy is absolutely going to fit well in that scheme with that team, and you know he's gonna hit the ground running. That's Miles Murphy for me. Now, he's got uh, terrific size and ability, like a lot of these guys. He's gotta work on his repertoire, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what it's like to come into the NFL to have to beat NFL California town on the offensive line, so he'll work on that part. But he's got all the tools, and just putting him into that defense, Luana Rumo scheme, I can already see it. He's going to be successful.
4: Yeah, I love that. You look at, for Cincinnati, as many guys you can have chasing Patrick Mahomes, the better. So getting a guy in there in the front to chase after him will only help. But I'm going on the offensive side of the ball, and a guy that Kyle talked about last segment, Kirk Cousins. He has another weapon, Jordan Let's Addison. Go. And the reason Jordan Addison is going to be successful Justin Jefferson is on the other side. We watched the Giants in the playoffs double-team him every single play. That'll allow Jordan Addison to be able to get one-on-one coverage and have the opportunity to get open. Kirk Cousins on the last play of the game. It won't just be TJ Hawkinson to throw the ball to. He can maybe lob one up to Jordan Addison as well, playing inside, playing outside. I think he benefits from having one of the best wide receivers in the NFL on his team to teach him and to also allow him to get open easy cover to be able to get open and make plays. It does look great. He's going into that dome Yes. Gonna be all slippery
2: in there. Speaking of going into domes, look, we talked a lot about B. John Robinson. We mocked him until his ears fell off and he's going to the Eagles. No, he's going to the Falcons and I think he's mm. going to hit the ground running. I mean that actually literally, physically. Guys, the, the record for carries in a season is 416 by Larry Johnson on the Chiefs and that is on the hot seat. I think B. John Robinson is going to have 30 carries getting off the bus. I think they're going to roll with him and you know, you might think, oh, Falcons kind Low profile. Look at that. That's last year on a really rough Falcons team that struggled in certain places and just couldn't get over the hump. 159 a game with some good runners, and the Cordero thing was really cool. And now they have the most talented guy in in, in the entire draft carrying the football. I know why the Bears and Ravens are up there. The Bears had uh, fields, and the Ravens' entire offense is based on running. Well, so is the Falcons. Arthur Smith will unleash this guy. As I said it already, Bijan, hold out after your rookie year. (laughs) Rookie year, next camp, hold out, because they are going to use you, dude, and get your money, get your bag get 500 carries this year, and then hold out in your second-year uh, <laughs> training camp. I'm telling you.
3: That one was a surprising one, but it does feel like it was such a perfect fit Yeah. be John Robinson. Um, last year, we were complimenting John Schneider and the Seahawks for the way they drafted in 2022, specifically the fact that in the fourth and the fifth round, they went back and got guys two corners in Kobe Bryant and Tariq Mullen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they played great. They had great rookie seasons. Seahawks like, no, we're going to run it back with a fifth pick and take Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois, the corner. I cannot imagine this defense and how it will, is about to transpire for the next five years because Devin Witherspoon is great. Mm. The Patriots were able to jump at 17 and take Christian Gonzalez, but I think this guy is going to arrive in Seattle and jump into this young, fun, great defense. Statistically, the Seahawks in the passing defense last year, they kind of hung in the middle of the league. It was fine. It wasn't the worst. It wasn't the best. I mean, with this guy, it's only going to get better year in and year out. Just last season at Illinois, Devin Witherspoon, uh, he only he didn't have a single touchdown and he only allowed 22 catches for the guy that he was going up against. So However you want to look at that, in Big Ten football, a lot of air it out, a lot of great quarterbacks coming out last season. I think Devin Witherspoon is going to do great up in Seattle. So, finally, we have um, high expectations for guys taken in the early rounds, but then there's a lot of hidden gems throughout Mm -hmm. the draft. Player that you would give best under the radar pick is? Uh,
6: Ahead of the draft, Mickey Loomis, the Saints general manager, said a potential Alvin Kamara suspension will not affect who we wind up picking here. But they wind up taking Kendra Miller. Mm -hmm. Uh, 71st overall. Here's what I loved about this, because I was – Uh, checking out his quotes post-draft. said, quote, I don't sit too well at backup. This is with WWL Radio. Uh, I don't sit too well at backup. Even though I respect Kamara and everything he got for the Saints and everything he did, but I'm coming for that number one right there. Well, again, he may have to because Kamara may be out of commission Uh at least for a little bit, but Uh this is a guy who... Evaluators, explosive, right? Bursts. These are the words that you hear about this guy. And it's just like, okay, I could see him in that Camara type role being able to do a little bit of everything. So, Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller. That's who we're looking at here.
4: Wow. Camaro, I'm coming for that number one spot. That's one hell of a quote to get drafted with. Uh, I'm going with Sidney Brown, the other side of the twins. Chase Brown, Kyle talked about last being his draft reaction. Sidney gets a chance to go to the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that lost both of their starting safeties in free agency. C.J. Gardner-Johnson goes to Detroit, and then Epps goes to Vegas. So now you get a chance to come in and compete. They signed Terrell Edmonds coming over from the Steelers. But for Sidney Brown to be drafted third round, go to a Team that played in the Super Bowl last year, but also to fill a void on their defense. A fast and physical player. Can't wait to see what he looks like in this defense and the opportunities that he's going to have. We're going to go nuts when that
2: guy makes you play, or his brother. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for the AFC Do you have a six foot eight tight end that's a track star? Do you have a six foot eight tight end? Because the Jets do. Mm. Zach Kuntz. Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion. We had him in the studio. studio. <laughs> six foot eight, 250. He will now play with the most accurate quarterback to ever live. He goes 6'8", 250. He's incredibly athletic, and we like him.
5: That's
7: exactly right. That's
3: usually fun to have in studio. <laughs> I'm going to go with the linebacker that the Texans pick. Mm-hmm. And, no, I'm not going to tell you that the number three overall pick was the under-the-radar one. I'm going with the guy they took in the fifth round. Okay. Ah. Also out of Alabama, Henry To'o To'o. Yes, they paired up the linebacking pair that Alabama just rolled with in the SEC, and they recreated it, kind of like the Philadelphia Eagles are doing with Georgia. With the Houston Texans. So, Henry Toto started his college career at Tennessee. He was a prolific linebacker for Tennessee. His family is one of these that the 8 to 10 members come every home game and they sit in the front row of any stadium he's playing in. Mm. Transfers to Alabama. He becomes a linebacking pair duo with Will Anderson. And then he gets drafted in the fifth round to mm. go to Texas to go to go the Texans. It's awesome. Henry Toto, you're the man. Toto. Jason, Toto. Toto. your next yes. assignment is to take us through... The events leading up to what happened on Friday mm. night, because this was a legendary draft call. Some people might say it was rebellious, but what do we say? Rebels are welcome.
4: Yeah. Ooh. Right,
0: you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.
7: And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Good
8: morning, football, on this Monday morning. Hope you all had a great weekend. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Will Selva, and we start in Detroit, where the Lions selected 12th overall, the running back out of Alabama, Jameer Gibbs, and it made some people scratch their heads, wonder what now happens to DeAndre Swift. Well, now we know, thanks in large part to our insiders, NFL Network Insiders Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero both reporting that the Lions are, are trading swift to the Eagles in exchange for a 2025 fourth-round pick. Both teams also swapping seventh-round picks in this past draft. The Cowboys drafting running back Deuce Vaughn in the sixth round this weekend, but owner Jerry Jones says there's there's still a chance the team could bring back Ezekiel Elliott. Jones saying, quote, the ship has not sailed there. We haven't made a decision at all. Patriots didn't take quarterback with any of their 12 picks, so the job looks like it will be Mag Jones. To win or lose, for that matter, when asked about the QB position. And Jones head coach Bill Belichick saying, quote, we all have to reestablish and prove ourselves every year. That's what this league is. That's for all of us. 23 is 23. We'll see how 23 goes. Indeed, coach, there were several memorable moments during this past draft. Too many to recount, but for us, naturally, our favorite one was one where J-Mac, Jason McCourty, was announcing the Titans' third-round pick. Here it is, one more time.
5: Yes, Super Bowl champion, but also a co-host on the best sports morning talk show on TV. Good morning, football! I have to say... Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. I saw Mahomes and Kelsey out here. I've had some fond memories here. I remember being at Arrowhead Stadium in 2018 when we won the AFC Championship game and we went to the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes was one trophy short. Yes, I said it. I'm sorry. But now it's all about the Tennessee Titans and we are the real team where the Houston Oilers started. You see me rocking it. Tennessee, the home of the best barbecue in the nation. Oh, no. Shots fired. Oh, and, no. Wow, can't do that. Oh Did no. I say something? Oh, my gosh. No, not true. No, I take it back. Oh, oh my I'm so- God. I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend anybody. But for the Titans, the division is ours. Oh I don't gosh. care what Houston did yesterday. They're going to go get their Letterman jackets again. The Indianapolis Colts are 2-6 against the Titans since Pat McAfee oh. came up here wow. and did his wrestling announcement. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, they haven't had back-to-back winning seasons since I was a senior in high school. Everybody Man.
7: catching smoke. But
5: now <laughs> for the 81st pick in the 2020. NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Tajay Spears, running back from Tulane. Tighten up, everybody!
8: My man, J-Mac, absolutely killing it, going scorched earth on the AFC South and KC Barbecue. And J-Mac, I had texted you and said, how the hell are you going to get out of there? And you said, sunglasses, (laughs) a hoodie, and keep my head down. So that's what I want to know, how it went on the way to
4: the airport and then being
8: at the airport.
4: Indeed. Well, I, I changed as soon as I finished. I took Start. off my Oilers gear, put on a black hoodie, hood on. I snuck out of the draft. And at the airport, it wasn't too bad. You know, Kansas City fans were nice to me. We laughed about it, but I definitely couldn't wait to land in Newark. I was home. I was safe. I was like, all right, I am good. But I had an absolute blast doing that. It was all fun. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. So, Kyle, I appreciate the advice, the checklist. Uh, it all worked out.
3: Yeah, we, we, uh, we sent him off, and mm-hmm. really you did, because you you had just done this a year prior for mm-hmm. the Bills. Mm-hmm. You gave him pieces of advice, very specific instruction sure. on what to do when he landed in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. How do you think he fared now that he has completed the job, the task? Well, let's just look him. at
2: him. Folks on the job was unquestioned. You came up there with a mission. You looked great. Bring the energy without a doubt. I thought you did the thing where you said we're the best morning show, which was incredible. Talk your bleep, but you checked that about six <laughs> times. <laughs> if you could over-check that, you did. And then talk about the pronunciation, Jay. What was going on? We were worried you were going to get a very difficult name to pronounce, and yet you got...
4: I was very worried. I got Tajay Spears, a guy that was on our show. I've said his name a bunch of times. But like I said to you guys on Saturday morning, I get in the green room and Commissioner Roger Goodell's in there and he hands me a card and he's just like, the best. here you go. Good luck. And I looked down at the piece of paper, and it was a defensive end out of Michigan, and it was the longest name I had ever seen. Both of them. There were probably 18 O's in the name in total. And I was like, everything I thought I was going to say just went out the window. I'm going to say the name, get the hell off the stage, and just not jack it up. Lucky for me, that was just a little prank that the commissioner does. And I was good, and I was on my way. As soon as I saw Tajay Spears, I was like, oh, we're good. So I was nervous
2: last year. I asked as a TV guy. I said, when we go up, there's a new way I could get teleprompters. So I could read, and they're like, "Oh, there's no teleprompter. There is no prompt <laughs> yeah. up there. Goodell doesn't use it. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So you're not reading."
6: Tajay Spears could have been Tajay Sharp, right? Like could it's just so J close Sharp. in the yes. moment. You know, a good you lose point. it. So and listen, You and Tajay Spears are going to have uh, a connection for years to come, like Kyle and, and Terrell
2: Bernard. When I mean, yeah. these guys make the Hall of Fame, Were you you guys are you worried about Tajay as a pronunciation? It's mean, nah, not exactly Brian. You no,
4: know? because nah, that was a name that I know I'm familiar okay. with. Okay, okay, like okay. you said, Tajay <laughs> yeah. was on the Titans. A kid from Jersey. But that's Tajay.
2: This is Tajay. Like this, <laughs> yeah. You get worried, right? But you nailed it. Yeah. We're just now still recovering on this beautiful Monday from the NFL's prom, which takes place in Kansas City this year. And it's the draft, and there's moments, and it's just a wonderful thing to unpack, especially day three. That's when you get literal orangutans, and you get animals, and you get all kinds of stuff, and you get sideshowed this and that. and That's the moments. That's what we like. So top five moments from day three of the 2023 NFL draft. Lest you missed any of them, we're going to recap right now. Number five. Do you guys remember when there was a... An- Notion that we might decide where a game is played with a coin toss Mm. having to do with the Bengals Mm -hmm, and all mm -hmm. the fallout from Bengals Bills. Well, the Bengals fans remember because there's a Bengals fan who got to have the great honor of making a draft pick and he was thrilled about it. But he got in what we call a little sodium chloride, which is salt, right before he announced it. It is an honor and a privilege to be chosen the Cincinnati Bengals fan of the year. And I would like to thank the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals, and my incredible wife, Shelly, for this opportunity. I hope every one of you get the opportunity to do this. It's incredible. Now, before further ado, it's heads. AFC pack your bags you're coming to the city by the river who oh day
7: and this wow. next oh gentleman God. is going to get us wow. there
2: with the wow. 131st pick wow in the
7: 2023 wow. NFL oh, draft good. the Cincinnati Bengals select wide receiver, wide receiver Charlie, Charlie Jones, Jones from Purdue who day
5: who who they think going to beat them Bengals who day who day them All right, yeah. the fan
7: of the year comes with props and picks and Baiton switched everybody. I I mean Came in nice. Hit him with the niceties. Thanks, NFL. Greatly appreciate it. I now let's talk about something jab, that you really jab didn't want to do, but you had
2: to do. And that's why it was great. It Mm -hmm. was the bait and switch. That gentleman is Phil Amrine. And shout out to Shelly as well, who got proper respect. Guys, pretty good, right? Really good. Right? It didn't mess around with a real coin. Then he could have dropped it messed up the whole moment. That was only number five. Can you imagine where the rest of this list is going? Let's go to number four. (laughs) The last decade or so, the NFL has gone international. We know that. The draft is one of those events where it's clear how wide the reach of the league truly is. This isn't like we sent somebody up to Canada or down to Mexico. We had picks from all over the globe. I love this.
8: Good Abend, Freunde. I'm Johnny Hecker, punter for the Carolina Panthers, coming to you live from Frankfurt, Germany, the heart of the NFL in Europe. We're here at the TalkSport offices in London, home of the NFL on UK Radio. We-
4: Hello, Skull Nation. It's Clayton John here, proud season ticket holder of the Minnesota Vikings. In my backyard, the beautiful Canadian Rockies at the Chateau, Fairmont, and Lake Louise. It's a beautiful day, I'm so excited. Uh, My name is David, and I'm here in Mexico
2: City with all the Rams fans, Mexico. Hi guys, welcome to Ghana, the center of the world. We
8: just
7: experienced an unexpected downpour, but we are here.
2: Shout out to Ghana. It looks like they had to go inside because there was rain. Probably had this beautiful shot. So they bring in their Fletcher Cox stand up and <laughs> set it up right there. Still looks great. We love that the picks came from all over the world. Number three, low-hanging fruit is just the worst. It's easy to talk trash. If you want to bring up something, I don't know, old and lame, like the Houston Texans starter jackets or letter jackets. I mean, right, Jason? Jason decided to do that. But there's even there's one way worse than the varsity jackets Houston Texans wore. And this fan, who goes by defalconator while mm. announcing a pick for the Falcons, you won't believe what someone lobbed him up on the stage and how he just fired it right back.
5: The Atlanta Falcon Select! DeMarco Helms, No. Defensive back, Alabama. 28-3. Good one. We've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh! oh. oh. Uh, 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 I'm assuming
7: that came from the New England section <laughs> yes, down in the it, orchestra yeah, pit. Absolutely. Yes, I'm so glad we got that on film.
2: We did get it on film, Peter. <laughs> we got the Falconator up there in a custom Falcon suit. He's got a heavyweight title belt, and he walks up and he's going, 28-3. to three. Yeah, we know. We know, yeah, twenty-eight to three. We've heard that one before. An ad lib <laughs> as he walks off. You guys like it? Which makes it even better. It wasn't oh my planned. Gosh.
3: How about Defalconator got to announce Demarco? <laughs> Tell him. Defalconator. Think about that. Yeah.
2: Defalconator, Demarco, and yeah. he got the hands from the guy after you he went with the twenty-eight three joke number two. <laughs> there are a few rules to live by when it comes to live TV. We try to break them here, but the most important <laughs> one is. They always tell you, no children, no animals, because mm. things can go haywire. Mm-hmm. Well, the NFL Network crew broke one of them, and uh, just watch what happens to poor DJ. i
0: got to be okay. honest, there's some character concerns
2: here with Patrick, okay?
0: Why? This is from Why? personal experience. I brought her in for one of my 30 visits, or brought him in for <laughs> one of my 30 visits. We spent a little time together. Moments ago. What, what? happened? I think I made Patrick a little nervous. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, Patrick. no. Yeah, Patrick peed on me. Absolutely peed on me. And I'm going to be honest with you, Rich. <laughs> yeah. The blue man group just moved up a notch on my ranking. Uh, no. Way down after no.
5: no. No. But I'm no. just saying, no,
0: look, we can get through this. Yes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we're going to work I, on that.
0: I think Patrick's
7: more coachable than
0: you think. I do. Well, I got a wet shirt that begs to disagree.
2: Patrick just went for it. Yeah. DJ, you went through it. There's a way it could have been even worse. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Guys, <laughs> what do we think of Patrick uh, moving the sticks? Uh, my
6: favorite part, a little inside football here, but that's yeah. Pam Litton right there sure. who gave the fist pump. Pam, uh, when we're at our major events, Pam, what time's lunch? Pam, where's my car? She, she we drive her
5: crazy.
2: So for one of us to get peed on and she just, yes,
5: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: That's so true. <laughs> on those trips, we'd all be like wandering through the desert in a bathrobe without pamphlets. Yeah, It exactly. really yeah. is the, the guidance that we need. And number one, we just went from a dog peeing on DJ to actually something that's truly, really legitimately, emotionally cool. A family sport, of course, football, and we've seen the legacies one generation after another, but it's very rare where a team scout gets to actually draft his own son. This happened. Cowboys assistant director of college scouting, Chris Vaughn, making one of the coolest draft calls we've ever seen.
7: Hey, buddy. Hey, it's going good. This is dad. My phone wasn't working. Look at here, man. You want to come to work with me next week? <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Oh. <laughs> I, got, I got somebody want to speak to you. I got somebody want to speak to you. Yes, yes. I don't know when I've been speaking for everybody that's really in the heart of the Dallas Cowboys is standing here with a tear in our eye. We're yeah, so yeah. happy to have you on the Dallas Cowboys. Hey dude, Mike McCarthy, congratulations. Well, what's up coach, I appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. This, this is so special. One of the coolest things I've ever seen in football was your dad making yes, that call. Sir. Thank you brother, thank you. So proud of you and your family, you. that is, thank you. He won't let you down, I promise you that.
2: He calls and says it's dad. At Deuce Vaughn, a prolific, prolific college running. I put a massive, massive stats. What would you guys think?
4: It was amazing. I mean, for his dad to be sitting in there and they say, hey, we're going to get Deuce in, to be able to make that call. It's so incredible. I'm sure Deuce grew up huge Cowboys fan, is right there down the road and now to be a part of that organization. I, b- I believe
6: DJ said during the pre-draft process, he would have to leave the room when they talked about it, like rec- recusing himself. Oh. Mm. So, yeah. uh, you know, for, for them to take him after all that, that's, that's amazing.
3: I love how Dad still felt compelled to say he won't let you down.
2: I know. It's yeah. amazing. I know. He better not. Yeah. Let's go. That Cowboys, is so cool. really, really cool moment. All those draft moments were fantastic. Yeah: made the three jokes, dog's peeing, and a father getting to draft his son. You
0: go into your shower feeling tired.
5: I think Kobe and everybody they're prime, Kobe would win a one on one concept. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of it, like that, see that,
7: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I mean, you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears, I mean, he was in a culture shock, and then he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
0: you what know? I told you? I said, I said, OJ, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You didn't mean it. <laughs> <ain't> it? <laughs>
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good
3: morning, football! Ravens can breathe a sigh of relief. As we mentioned, uh, months of uncertainty surrounding their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and the franchise tag and the long-term contract. A situation has been going on since well beyond a year ago. He halted discussions in season, and it got done. Their list of projected offensive starters is as follows. With the addition of OVJ, Lamar's extension, and most recently, first-round wide receiver Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Flowers immediately, though, after getting picked, gets asked the hard-hitting questions about their opponents.
0: How excited are you to play in the AFC North?
6: Honestly, I don't even know
4: who in the AFC North. Bengals, Steelers, Browns, and Ravens. Oh, yeah, that's lit. We got some good games.
3: Zay Flowers were good. Yeah, you know who's in the AFC North. Uh, Do you think the Ravens, though, you guys have done enough to compete as a top-tier team, not only just in their division, but within the AFC, Mike?
6: Yeah, I do. And I give credit to Eric DaCosta and the Ravens and what they've been able to do over the last couple of months because this could have gone sideways. Yeah. This could have gone any different way sideways, to be honest with you. And sometimes you've got to think about more than just putting the talent on the roster. You've got to think about the personalities. you got to think about the dynamics. Mm-hmm. And they realized they needed to do things to make Lamar Jackson feel good about the situation and not just monetarily. So Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, comes in. All of a sudden it's like, okay, this is more of a dangerous downfield vertical threat potentially, but now we got to get the pieces to fit. And they wound up doing that. I mean, did they pay more for Odell Beckham than other teams were willing to? Did they guarantee more? Yes. yes. But they had to. So they got that done. They bring in Beckham. They also bring in Zayf Flowers, we've seen what he's been able to do down the field. I just was, during the break, kind of going over the depth chart and going, oh, I forgot they signed Nelson Aguilar. Mm. And you can have all the jokes you want about Aguilar and catching the babies we and still all making these those? things. Some people are. Okay. Some people are always going to make the face when they yeah, talk about yeah. that. But Nelson Aguilar is a piece. And now, yeah, Rashad Bateman, uh, let's not forget about Mark Andrews. It's like all of a sudden they have all the pieces that they need to unlock Lamar Jackson fully and this passing game fully. They're all there. It's got to be executed upon. Everybody's got to stay healthy. I understand all that stuff. But from a roster building standpoint, I think Eric DeCosta and Co. did a fantastic job this offseason.
2: First of all, I want to say for Zay Flowers, I feel you on not knowing who's in the AFC North. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think a lot of players, maybe no. even just fans, even th- categorize everybody in the North. Like who's I don't know the, the Patriots, the Chiefs. I, like the AFC, I still have trouble sometimes doing that. So like I get it. When, when I used to be up late at night when my my daughter was really young and I have to rock on rocker, I would just try to make the time pass and I would just go around the NFL thinking of all the divisions and trying to name the, the teams in them and I would get stumped all the time. The AFC South used to just kill me in the middle of the night. So Zay. You just got drafted. Your life changed. I'm sorry, I can't run down the depth charts and the teams and <laughs> everyone in the division or conference or whatever the hell I'm entering. I feel you. He knows Lamar's on the team. He knows John Harbaugh's the coach. I don't care who's in the NC North. We're gonna beat them. We're going to play with Lamar. Look, let me see the lineup of this is the projected starters. Couple of things here. It's a lot of promise and potential. Mm-hmm. All right, J.K. coming off an injury. Gus Edwards shirt. Sure. Odell coming off an injury. Older. Zay Flowers, no idea. We haven't seen a Boston College wide receiver in decades. decade. Don't know if he can play. Rashad Bateman, we keep waiting, coming off an injury, and Andrews is a rock star. Even Lamar, like, I don't know what we're getting from Lamar, but I know this. He's got all the money in the world. They brought him back. He's the face, not only of the Ravens, he's the face of the state of Maryland. It's also, like, a little bit of the go time now. Like, we did take care of you, and then we went and gifted you a wide receiver in the first round. So, like, don't be showing up against the Bengals and losing like 31 to 13. Like, this is a big, big time season for the Ravens. It shifts fast. It shifts from how are we going to move on post Lamar to now we're expected to like, flirt with the AFC title game this year. And like, we'll see where the rubber meets the road. And I'm talking about all of us, who are so excited about the Ravens. Come August and September, when we're picking division winners and Super Bowl winners, who has Baltimore being like, I think they're going to win the North, I think they can get to the Super Bowl? I don't know. Like, there's a lot of fish in that AFC sea. a lot of potential there. I don't. See, like, a list of just absolute studs. I see a list of talent and a list of potential and a list of injuries they're all recovering from. So I'm excited about Baltimore, too. Am I saying i going to slap around Cincinnati or Pittsburgh or even Cleveland?
4: No, not yet. A lot of potential sitting there. I think that's a great way to describe it because we look at this roster and we see some of the names on it, and you're like, my goodness, Baltimore Ravens have improved. And yes, they have. But when you look at the total of the AFC and you start to look at the quarterbacks, you start to realize, like, yeah, Lamar Jackson's one of those guys. But there are a lot of guys in the AFC, and there's only seven playoff spots. So even as good as Baltimore has improved, as you look at Patrick Mahomes, uh, 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 Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers is now in the AFC. Do you still have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, all of these guys who have had really good seasons? You talk about coming back off injury. Tua Tungavailoa is still there. Deshaun Watson now will be another year playing wiser, the improvements that he makes. So when you look at them and you look at this conference, as much as the Baltimore Ravens have improved, it's a new offensive coordinator and Todd Munkin. It's a lot of new players that are added to the situation. How fast do they gel? How much does this offense develop into more of a passing offense based off what we've seen the last few years from Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman in that offense? How fast is that going to become potent where they're killing their opponents week in and week out? I'm excited as hell for Lamar Jackson because I've been saying since he's come into the league that he can do a lot more than just run the football. You watched him at Louisville. He threw the ball around the field a ton and there Their offense to me, I felt like it limited him from being able to do some of the things that we see other quarterbacks do around the league. So yes, I'm excited to see what they're able to do as an offense. I think there's still some question marks on the defense and the defensive backfield as well. So I think Baltimore added a lot of weapons. They're one of the very good teams in the AFC. I'm not going to put them at the very top and just say, all right, now the moves that they've made, they're just going to the Super Bowl and they're going to be at the top of the AFC. I don't know. There's still a lot of question marks and there's a lot to be determined.
3: Just so much talent. Yeah. God, when you list yeah. in the in the AFC, when you list it off like that, I sit here and listen to quarterback, quarterback. I'm like, is the list done? No, it's not done yet. It's, it's more. Kyle, you and I were laughing last week about just the immediacy of, of draft grades and kind of it's how funny it can be I at times. It. And but whenever I hear that, and whether what your opinion on it, so be it. Whenever I hear the word grade, I have, like, a GPA anxiety attack that comes with it. Because, like, the name of the game always was, like, build your GPA. You know, it's it's easy to tank it. Easy to tank it. But, like, if you maintain or you grow, that's great. I think other teams, specifically in the AFC North, made their teams better as well. And specifically, I'm looking at you, Cincinnati, because... You were a great team, and you were right there. And I think some of that postseason playoff decision making, where the games were played, whatnot, you know, obviously that's for last season, but very talented team. We had eight draft picks, the Bengals did. Four of them went defensively. First three picks off the board defense Miles Murphy, DJ Turner, Jordan Battle. They obviously saw Zay Flowers. They saw Baltimore building offensively because that's a very impressive full screen. But the Bengals defense yeah. got better. Mm-hmm. And I think specifically, I'm going to take a look now at all the divisions. And I think there are certain divisions that the importance of winning, like that first scheme against in terms of the teams that you mm-hmm. play twice I think the AFC North is up there for like that is one that you have to run away with because of how good the AFC is cuz the Bengals got a lot better yeah.
2: I think the most interesting team by far in that division is Cleveland Really? Not, yeah because they didn't have any draft picks. They didn't have a first pick in the second, so we're not talking about them. Right. The bizarre Deshaun Watson thing, they're still kind of hung over from that. They have an incredible coach. They're a really talented team, but they're not spoken of. They may be the lowest profile team in the NFL right now because of the draft and because of what they're getting over, but they're mm-hmm. also really talented. And they're the team next year would we'll be like, oh my God, the Browns are 3-0. Like, they came out of nowhere. So the division is loaded, and I love Pittsburgh too, but the, the Browns are fascinating to me. We'll get to them later.
3: I also absolutely applaud your ability to say all of the fish in the AFC C.
2: I tried about, if you do the, all the fish in the AFC then you're a cornball and I would never AFCC thank you very much you
3: nailed it you a <laughs> making
2: magic on a Monday guys <laughs>
3: yeah, you just jumped right into the deep end with that one alright still to come nice. on Good Morning Football the Bills offense loaded up Jay just talked about it Josh Allen but the Patriots they brought, did they bring in some help from Matt Judon they did we're going to give a full draft breakdown we just hit the AFC North a little bit we're going we to spring fling dance with the AFC East later on